0: Welcome to Sparking Genius, hosted by the Dwight Global Network of Schools, a podcast series exploring what the future of education holds.
1: Hello, I'm Deanne Drew, Dwight's Global Education Director. Here at Dwight, we are long-time partners with the International Baccalaureate, or IB, Curriculum. Since the 1970s, when Dwight adopted the Diploma Program, we have recognized the significance and power of the curriculum for Dwight's students and alumni. The IB program holds many benefits for students, teachers, parents, and for schools, from high-performing student performances or a global lens to learning, meaningful character education, and powerful professional development for teachers. Just to name a few attributes. We know all this because we see it every day in our Dwight schools. Today, we hope to get a bird's eye view into what makes the IB tick and why so many families and schools are choosing the IB for their children. We're going to speak to two guests who can share their expertise and experience with the IB program and why it's such an asset for our students across the globe. Today, we have Nicole Bien, Chief Schools Officer at the International Baccalaureate Organisation, and Marie Nieto, Head of Middle School Humanities at Dwight. Together, we'll discuss what makes the IB curriculum unique, and what the exciting future holds for the IB, and much more. Welcome, Nicole and Marie, to Sparking Genius. I'm so glad to have you both here today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. Hi, Deanne. Good to be here. It's great to have you both. I know you as amazing educators. And to start off, I would love for you to share a little bit about your roles for our audience who are listening in. Nicole, why don't we start with you? Can you tell us a little bit about your role as Chief Schools Officer
0: for the IB? Thanks, Deanne. As Chief Schools Officer, I'm actually responsible for ensuring that our school's journey with the IB is seamless and inspiring. We add value to members of our community by providing services to strengthen educator and system capabilities so that they can equip young people to thrive in their communities and beyond. And we partner with schools to ensure that the students experience the transformative power of the IB education through quality implementation of the IB program. That's great. Can
1: we get a little bit more from you about why you wanted to join the IB as an organization and what keeps you energized in this extremely busy, global,
0: diverse role that you have? So Diane, I see myself as a global citizen having worked and lived in multiple regions in the world. So to this end, the IV's aim to develop international-minded people who recognize their common humanity and shared guardianship of the planet really speaks to my own value and what keeps me energized. And also the IB's leadership in international education is also something my children have benefited greatly from because we moved around the world so many times. So
1: you get to see it now, not only as an educator in the IB, but you saw it as a parent as well.
0: Correct. Correct.
1: Which all of us actually on this podcast today have similarities with understanding. So Marie, how about you as head of middle school humanities at Dwight and having worked elsewhere in the world, what led you to work in IB schools? And as I know for 19 years, what keeps you
2: excited about what you see students achieving with this curriculum? Hi, Deanne. Well, much like Nicole, I see myself as a global citizen also. When I was in middle school myself a long time ago, I moved from what was a very traditional and honestly uninspiring way of learning at a school in the UK to an incredible international school in the Middle East. And that really was the first time I was given choice and a voice in my own learning. And I saw how important that was as a learner. So as a young teacher, the IB's inquiry-based approach really spoke to me. And this is my 19th year of teaching. And I'm very lucky in the role I'm currently in at Dwight. I get to work every day with just some amazing teachers and students who really thrive under the NYP program. For example, just this morning in my sixth grade Individuals and Societies class, we had this very animated debate on global sustainability. And just in that one class, you have students and global viewpoints. We had students from the UK, Australia, China, Dubai. And for me, just watching them develop their core skills, but also their own voices, that for me embodies the essence of the IB. Yeah, that's so great. That
1: voice and choice that you talk about of giving students that feeling like they have some ability to advocate for themselves in their curriculum is so, so important. Great example that you just shared. Nicole, for parents of prospective students who may not be as familiar with the IB curriculum, Can you tell our audience a little bit about what you believe sets this curriculum apart from
0: other programs and how you have seen it benefit students? So as you may or may not know, the IB education system is actually one of the seven educational systems globally that had been recognized in a 2022 report by the Center of Universal Education at the Brookings Institute as having set very high expectations for both academic learning and holistic student development. And other countries, including Singapore, British Columbia, and Ireland, as a part of these seven systems. Now, many systems around the world set high expectations through high-stakes exam, right? Now, what makes IB education stand out is that we're focusing on holistic and deep learning, through an inquiry-based and conceptual-driven pedagogy, as well as a progressive assessment model that is intended to assess for higher-order thinking skills. So IB education is really designed to develop students' inquiring and critical thinking skills and nurturing their curiosity, as Maria alluded to, and their ability to solve complex problems with the skills that they're developing through the program.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love how you talk about what that research has validated in regards to what educators already know about the IB, but in particular, that holistic nature in combination with great international standards of rigor and higher order thinkings. Do you have a particular aspect of the IB's unique approach to education that you particularly think that stands out? I know personally I love the character education that goes with what we're doing, whether it be with our youngest learners who are three years old or whether it be with our students who are about to leave for college and are 18, but that element of who you are as a person and global citizenship. But do you have a particular aspect that you think is particularly important for parents to think about when they're considering
0: programs? What you just mentioned, Deanne, I think is really the core of an IB education because the structure of the IB programs is very much designed with the student at the center. right? So to that end, that self-inquiry to really developing the right dispositions of value through the IB learner profile is really what's preparing oneself beyond having the right knowledge to really engage with. unknown in the future so to that end i think that's a really powerful component of an ib education the approaches to learning skills and the ib learner profile to to really offer that holistic learning experience and i think the other big piece is also that the programs really challenge and stimulate students by exposing them to a variety of subjects But beyond that, it's also activities that they're exposing to, ranging from the exhibition at the PYP level. That's generally my favorite time of the year, right? When the exhibition happened, and to the personal project and really the reflective project in the CP and extended essay in the DP. So all these are really experiences that I think you don't get, as Marie said, in a traditional program to really enable students to demonstrate not just their learning but to really leverage their own passion to experience deep learning yeah absolutely
1: I mean I think we see it as educators on a regular basis of how much our students considering what kind of learner they are and the ATL or approaches to learning or the IB learner profile is a great way in to that initial understanding of who they are I've got two young daughters and they're often, telling me that I'm not enough of a risk taker mummy or I'm not being caring enough, but they've got the lexicon down. And then I know as they get older, that will only sort of foster more of an understanding of who they are. So you're absolutely right. It's great to see that a curriculum really values that in combination with the
0: critical thinking and the rigor and the standard that IB has. I would also add, Deanne, that from a parent's perspective, right, having two children graduated from the IB, the biggest benefit that I see really is that the IB develops really confident young people who are able to advocate for themselves, for others, and for the issues that they care about. And I believe that as a parent and educator, our job is really to ensure that Young people can thrive once they leave the safe and nurturing environment of home and school. And diabetes education really provides them with all the necessary skills and dispositions to really create their own path and pursue their own interests to navigate whatever future opportunities or complexity that they might face.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. We see that a lot with students who, as you said, self-advocacy is huge, but they really jump into taking leadership roles. They're incredibly verbal and really, really not afraid, incredibly confident in working with a range of people and adults. So I certainly see that too. So thank you for sharing that. Marie, well, you're a parent of two students as well who have completed now the primary years program of the International Baccalaureate and have started the middle years program that you are heavily invested in as an educator. You also lead a very successful teaching team in humanities at Dwight. Can you share a little bit how you see the IB curriculum directly benefiting students from your perspective? And what positive experiences have
2: you seen? Absolutely. Just adding on to Nicole's point about leveraging passion, you know, as an educator, I'm very aware that the IB provides so many avenues to children to discover their passions. And as a parent, it's just been so interesting to see my own children explore their own interests and find their spark through the IB program. My twins are currently navigating their way through fifth grade. One of them loves reading, very bookish, can sit for hours reading. But then last week during their class, they were learning about the form and function of the brain. And so this twin, who's usually found in the library, returned home recounting their absolute delight at dissecting a pig's brain at school. <laughs> They're sharing their newfound love of science with anyone willing to listen. And I think I could just see with my own children how the IB encourages this sense of curiosity and sparks their interest in exploring the world around them. And I think from a department perspective, at the heart of the IB, I know there's this real emphasis on international mindedness. That is certainly spread throughout our middle school humanities curriculum at Dwight. Just last month, our eighth graders returned from a school trip to Washington, D.C., where they got the chance to watch liberal and conservative House speakers debate domestic issues. And our students were incredible. You know, talk about critical thinking. They were peppering. These speakers were really thoughtful and critical questions. And now we're back in New York. They're researching global government systems and looking at what their current domestic issues are and presenting their findings in the class. And I think that's just a really great example of how the IB encourages instilling a broader perspective while developing these really important core skills. Yeah, that's
1: great. And of course, as a team leader with faculty under you, really sort of promoting and inspiring teachers to be the best they can be and to really find passion within their own career, I think the IB gives a lot of that emphasis on being the best teacher you can be and giving lots of professional development. Can you share how you think your teachers feel the IB is so important to their teaching and what you see the IB bringing to the teacher perspective? Because I think listeners often may hear about how the students feel the curriculum is but we don't often hear about how the teachers feel about the curriculum they're implementing
2: yeah and i think that's a good point when we talk about even choice and voice for the student i think the teachers feel that also and every year as we have new cohorts coming through we really take the time to consider when we're looking at language and literature what texts do we want to look at like it's ever changing we're looking at what's going on in the world for individuals and societies and really looking at how can we map out a local context for these situations in the world and also expand. But we have teachers, again, from all over the world that bring their skill set. And so what they love about the IB is the ability to bring their passions and their own voice to the curriculum and adapt and move. It's not a fixable textbook. It's something that they can nurture and grow with their own interests. Yeah, that's so true. With
0: great guidance, right? Of course. I think back to your first question about what energizes me and keeps me at the IB. I think beyond looking at students' exhibition and their happiness and everything is really whenever I am engaged with IB teachers, it's almost never fail that you will hear IB teachers say that once I'm an IB teacher, I cannot go back to being a traditional teacher And if I put my parents' hat on, these are the exact teachers I want to teach my students, right? Teachers that you know are so passionate because the program gives them that flexibility and agency to be the professionals that they are. And we all want students to have teachers such as Marie.
1: (laughs) I agree. And, you know, the IB really requires teachers to be at the top of their game. You have to be continually upgrading your skills. You have to be using all the different updates to subject areas and programs at the IBs based on research-based understanding or new pedagogies and new tools and new assessments. And so when teachers have really invested into the IB and seen what students can do with the IB and then it inspires them, and as I often say, the passion of teachers in the IB You can see it's a career, it's not a job. That's what I get inspired about all the time, that although this curriculum is fantastic for students, it is equally good in inspiring that joy and passion in a career that I think for some others can become particularly stale or challenging to find the pathway through. But there's always something new to do in the IB. So I certainly see that. This is a good segue, Nicole. Because I know that the IB really thinks of this as well, but what are the kinds of supports and services that IB really provides for schools, but also that ultimately help the students and benefit them? Because this isn't just, as Marie was saying, a textbook manual that you send to the school and say, do page 23 and then on to page 24. There's so much more about the IB. And the IB organization really thinks about everybody in that circle of how we're going to get the best outcome for students.
0: Yeah, so you're right that we're always looking for ways to provide enhanced services to our schools. So we're currently embarking on many projects to that end. And that's really from the way in which we work with schools on their evaluation journey through a continuous improvement lens. Uh, to providing more opportunities for professional learning and guidance to support student well-being, as well as data to enhance instructional design in school. And of course, as we just spoke about earlier, students benefit most when teachers have an opportunity to develop and hone their professional capabilities, right? And leaders as well. So recently, we actually had launched the IB Exchange, And that's an interactive professional learning platform where IB educators can access thousands of resources to support their capability building, as well as really engaging in communities of learners to continue to share practices. And this is really aimed to ensure that teachers have the agency to take their professional practice to the next level. And that's been a really powerful, engaging experience for many teachers, as we have heard. And then, of course, I hope and I'm sure that both of you, Deanne and Marie, are also in the Teachers Support Network, the IBIN Network, because that's another professional development opportunity there. What makes IB powerful is that we co-create many of our products and services with you, practitioners. And so you bring the on-the-ground experience to combine research and theory that we bring to the table to really design products and services that really are meant to be able to implement in a way that speaks to the on-the-ground experience as well as contextually relevant implementation So that's all really powerful in terms of the IB working together with educators to really co-create what's right for not just students, but also for the professionals that are part of our community.
1: Yeah, I loved being part of that IB educator network, and I thought it was some of the best professional development I ever did. The other part of that was partaking in the evaluation and accreditation process of other IB schools. And, Nicole, I imagine not many parents realize that, again, the IB is not just this manual that is sent out and sort of like good luck and see how the kids do on the end of their exams. IB is really invested in the school's life, in producing great IB curriculum and classes and students. I know that the Dwight School just recently went through an evaluation, but it's incredibly valuable. It's making sure that teachers and schools live up to the IB mission that we all say students should be living up to. So again, it's another support process through your lifetime of working with the IB, that they're having these touch points all the time with the school and having visitors come in and check the work that we're doing and seeing that we're really living and
0: breathing the IB the way it should be. I think the other piece, if I may add, is we're also doing this through a very respectful approach of understanding that every school is in a very different context and it has its own traditions, it has its own culture that it values very much. And so, as you said, it's not a prescribed program or curriculum where you must do it that way, irregardless of you know, what's important to you in your local community. And the IB framework and the continuous improvement program really allow schools to be able to bring the best of both worlds in.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And Marie's nodding, but she was part of, probably observed a few times last week. But again, it's a really reflective process for everybody involved and highly motivating. I mean, the team that came in from the IB of seven IB educators from around the world was motivating to us, even though we knew that they were doing teacher observations and looking through all of our units of work. And it was inspiring that when they gave their verbal feedback, that we immediately said, yeah, we can do that. We can improve this or, oh, I'm so glad you validated that. Would
2: you agree, Marie? Yeah, absolutely. I think for as we saw it and We always see it as well as just critical friends visiting the school and just kicking the tires because having those eyes on curriculum and observations and that feedback, it's a two way thing. And I think certainly for my department, we get a lot from that and we use that in our forward planning in terms of the feedback
0: another aspect if i may add to is the this whole process is also for parents who do not know the ib very well as you said you know this whole process of evaluation and reflecting on implementation one of the last visits that i had an opportunity to join The visitors literally saw so many wonderful practices, but as educators, you're always very critical of your own practices and you want to do better and you want to do more for students. So the evaluation team literally had to remind the leaders and the teachers in the school to celebrate what you've been doing so well, right? So IB schools, IB leaders, and IB teachers just work so hard to live up to that ideal to ensure that students really have a chance to experience transformative education. Yeah, totally agree.
1: Marie, in your opinion, when you're looking at the pathway of students as they travel through their IB learning, what do you see as the way IB really helps students to succeed and thrive Beyond the school environment, so beyond the four walls of the classroom, perhaps after school or out in life, or indeed beyond their time at the IB once they've graduated, what do you see as an educator of
2: the impacts that the IB has? Well, I can give you a micro example, actually, that connects to Nicole, your point about just local community and it allows the school to bring in that local element as well. I think one of my favorite things to teach in our sixth grade individual societies is our social justice unit, where we take students on a walking tour of Greenwich Village. And, you know, we're really lucky, obviously, to have New York in our doorstep here at Dwight. And they visit iconic sites like Washington Square Park and the People's Forum. And it gives the younger students this firsthand authentic look at social movements and you see them making those connections from history and things they've learned in the classroom to what's really going on in the world. And then we go back and we research current social justice issues that they're interested in globally and we research and present them to each other. And it's such a small micro thing, but for me, it shows that the IB is shaping these learners into people that are prepared to engage actively with the world around them and gives them hopefully a genuine sense of social responsibility that we know that will be built on as they go through into high school and beyond. Yeah, that's a
1: great example. I feel like every program, every grade level within the IB from PYP, NYP to DP has similar stories like that. So at Dwight in the fourth grade, they do an amazing religious studies unit where they're looking at all the different religions and they're going to a mosque and a church and a synagogue and a temple. And. That grows as they then take that what they've learned in the PYP into the MYP and what they're doing in individuals and societies, what they're doing in their English classes, what they're doing in other classes. It is this great continuum. So that's a great segue yet again, Nicole. Of course, Dwight was the first school in the Americas to really take on that continuum programming of all PYP, MYP, and DP because we saw how much the diploma program was benefiting students, we immediately jumped into the other programs as they came up in the 1990s. Can you talk about why being a continuum IB school is important and
0: what you think that might mean for students? I think, the end, what's important for parents is that in a continuum school such such a They can draw confidently on a recognizable common education framework, right? And a consistent structure of learning aims and skills and disposition. And all the IB programs in the continuum are united by the IB philosophy of approaches to learning and teaching, as we talked about earlier. And then, of course, the 10 aspirational qualities of the IB learner profile. And together these and the subjects provide a holistic vision of education that underpins the IB program and also through the transdisciplinary and interdisciplinary learning and most importantly the inquiry-based approach that is throughout from literally three years old all the way to the DP It's what is allowing students to develop those attributes in the learner profile or the skills in the approaches to learning. So Having 12 years of that education experience from a child standpoint, that is really foundational as well as strengthening the skills. So then when they get to higher education or enter the workforce, they are fully prepared to navigate the changes outside of their environment. And the other piece, too, is as they progress, Clearly, the programs, they're harmonized through a sequence of learning that's both broad and rigorous. And these are built upon one another. For example, the concepts are pretty similar throughout from the PYP unit all the way to the subjects in the DP. So in that sense, students really have an opportunity to continue to explore deeper and deeper into those concepts to arrive at strong conceptual understanding. So these are some of the benefits that I think parents can expect in a continuum school such as Dwight.
1: Yeah, that's great. And I know that the IB has been also doing lots of research into the continuum and seeing how that has really helped students on a range of different areas. And I know that's on the IB website, those access to research that is really critical in seeing how Either the IB learner profile or the approaches to learning or indeed, as you were saying, the skill sets that students are able to take along their journey well and truly provides this great foundation for jumping off whatever that may be once they've gone through all three programs in a school. Marie, would you like to add anything from your perspective of 19 years of teaching IB and particularly in continuum schools? of what you see about the benefits of having a child go through all the programs?
2: Well, I recently spoke to one of my former students who's now a senior at Dwight, and he has gone through all since kindergarten And like Nicole said, he was talking about building on these concepts. So I asked him what his thoughts were about receiving a full IB curriculum for his whole educational journey. And he explained it better than I could. He said, it was like unlocking bit by bit these different levels of superpowers. So first with the PYP, he got to be curious and he was asking questions and kind of understanding how he best learned and then he went on to say the MYP he felt it was all about digging deeper into subjects learning how to think critically understand how everything connects globally and now onto the DP he said he feels he has this toolkit of skills not just academically but also that bigger picture too that can take him on into college and beyond and i think that shows that our dwight students are going into the world not just academically equipped but also just equipped with a broader perspective. I love that
1: idea of, yeah, the superpowers, but also collecting tools along the way, which I think IB really does and sort of prepares them, whether it be Nicole, the exhibition, or then the personal project leading to the extended essay or the community and service that's embedded throughout all three programs. And then, of course, those continuing core elements of the learner profile and skill sets and so on. It's a great way to think about it. What a clever way for a student to think about their own learning. So, Nicole, we know that the IB is always at the cutting edge of research-based pedagogy and curriculum innovation. Can you share with us any updates from the IB these days in relation to the work we are currently seeing being
0: piloted or rolled out? There are quite a few, Deanne, in the area of innovation And how we work is we are informed by research as well as trends that are happening in the education world or outside of education. And a big one is the well-being project. Research has shown that well-being since the pandemic is declining for young people globally. So it is clear that as educators, we really need to work together to further our commitment to holistic student learning. So to that end, we have actually partnered with a couple of global leaders, academic leaders in that area, the Oxford University and Harvard University, their well-being centers. And we are working in partnership to basically explore and study and measure student well-being, not just with IB students, but also non-IB students. And this very much aligns with IB's position as a global leader in holistic learning, which you cannot ignore well-being right but our goal really is to learn and innovate collaboratively with schools because we know that innovations happen in schools so we're aiming to enhance student well-being that is relevant to your contacts and also learning from what you might have already tried just because we started this project doesn't mean school has been sitting here waiting for us (laughs) to support student well-being so we know that there's a lot That is worth bringing to the fore, and that's what this project is trying to do. And of course, the DP is also doing quite a few more interdisciplinary subjects. The few that are either being launched or about to be launched are environmental systems and societies, language and culture, and literature and performance. PYP has also been going through a lot of review that's based on research. So next year, you can expect that we'll be launching the optional subject progressions as well as the revised transdisciplinary theme descriptors. And the change is to reflect critical global citizenship and sustainable education, moving basically from human common to humanities to balancing between human and the natural worlds, given where we are with uh, how we're caring for the planet. A couple of the other areas are really the online project. These pilots, with the help of our partners such as Strite, the IB really aims to explore new pathways to better understand the needs of students who may not be able to attend traditional schools. And our hope is that these pilots working alongside educators and schools such as yourself, we can collectively innovate for our global community of students who have different needs and might need a different way of attending schools. Last but not least, I would say that beyond academic studies, we also believe that young people can positively change the world. So we do that by supporting their ideas through the Global Youth Action Fund. And this is an initiative that reflects our commitment to elevate, empower, and support youth voices as a pathway to action for the Festival of Hope, which we launched last year. And this is really aiming to bring youth from all over the world who have created and built projects and initiatives that have positive impact on their community, given that action is a big component of the IB education. So these are a few examples.
1: Yeah, not much on the plate of IB (laughs) right now. I can see that. You know, it's one of the things I've loved about being an IB educator, that the IB is always living their own mission and reflecting and changing and open to looking at all of these different avenues in all the different programs. Do you think there's anything in the future that IB is sort of like, well, down the line, we're going to have to look at this or we should be looking at this? Is there something exciting in regards to the future that you think the IB is looking forward to in regards to getting those advancements sort of
0: considered and on the table to be looked at? So the IB definitely recognizes the world's changing and that education must adapt to prepare our youth for tomorrow, right? And our priorities are really to respond to the changes. And today with all the emerging challenges with digital advancement, which is, could be an opportunity, it's not just a challenge, but also climate challenge and so on and so forth. We know that we need to evolve our program and grow the number of young people to benefit from an IB education because we truly believe that with the changing world and with the advancement of digital technology, Students really need to have skills that prepare them for whatever the future professions might be or the challenges that they need to tackle, as opposed to a very narrow focus on a specific area of knowledge. In fact, today I was just speaking with a university professor from Turkey, and he was saying that we need to start to think about what are the disciplines that we may not need to teach tomorrow at university because those jobs might go away because of the digital advancement today. So what does that mean then for us to educate? And so the IB is looking more towards the concept of human flourishing. In order to flourish, it's not just about knowledge acquisition, but it's also about creativity. It's about happiness. It's about really engaging fully in the society and being able to contribute positively. So that's one area we're collaborating with the OECD on.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to hear about that. I think we all know that there was quite a shift in education through the pandemic. And I like to be able to think of it as a lot of silver linings that came out of that very challenging time. And now we're in this next shift forward with AI and other areas that are really making us rethink education. I know that when AI hit the mark and every school and every educator was like, oh my gosh, they, we're going to be worried about academic honesty. And then IB brought out this great statement of saying like, take a breath. Here is what you need to do while we continue to work with you to see what the next steps are. And I think That says very, very much about what the IB organisation is and how they continue to want to be partners as we see what these next few doors and chapters of education start opening up towards. I want to thank you both very, very much for joining me today. I've loved hearing about your perspectives, your experiences. Nicole, we know you're doing great work with your teams at the IB and we continue to wish you all the best as you really look at so many different areas of curriculum for our students. And of course, Marie, thank you so much for being an amazing educator and someone who really sees students at the core of their foundational learning times in the middle school. We often talk about the middle school as a sometimes being that middle child, but we also know that's where they're really becoming who they are. And so it's a joy to have had you both here today to talk about your perspectives as both educators and parents. So thank you again for being part of the podcast today. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Deanne. I also just want to say thank you to all the great work that you are doing because the IB draws from on the wisdom and the appetite for change with schools and for you to be a willing partner to help us pilot and also harness some of the learning. It's really, really powerful.
1: Well, thank you for that. We're ready to jump in with the IB whenever it's needed. So we know you have a lot of work in the future and we have no doubt we'll be partnering with you too. So again, thank you both so much for joining us today. And I hope I get to talk to you again on a future podcast. Thank you. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this episode. I want to extend a huge thank you to our guests, Nicole Bien and Marie Nieto for joining us. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a rating or review and tell a friend. This has been Sparking Genius from the Dwight Global Network of Schools. I'm Deanne Drew. Until next time, stay inspired.